0: It's time to put down the landing gear. Because
1: this podcast
0: is rolling in for a landing. Yo,
1: hey, what's up everybody? What's up, award winners? Award winning uh, male pattern readiness family. Good to be back, you guys. Nice to have you. Hope you're all having a great, uh, is it, it's fall now, right?
0: Yeah. Hooray, have a great fall. Great week, great season.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, maybe soon a vaccination. I mean, and uh, that'll be nice.
0: If it's been a rough year, I mean, maybe we can make it like a good decade and like.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Have some good way good years.
1: That's right. Coming That's up a in good the future. way of looking at it. I mean, there's no reason to not be optimistic. Well, this is Mel Pat, Raddus, the podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan. And my name is Brandon. And we've been doing this podcast uh,
0: almost about a year.
1: Yeah, about a year now. So uh, this is a ridiculous podcast. Yeah, I think this might be
0: a season or episode one of season two. Actually. Hey,
1: yeah, welcome to season two of Male Pattern Madness, the podcast. We did it, us we together, did it. us and it's you. True. Hooray! That's right.
0: There's no mm-hmm. us without you because we're all
1: one. That's right. So more awards. To bestow upon everybody, the listeners, and ourselves once again. Yeah,
0: if you're a first time listener, we just want you to know that every episode you listen to, like you win an award for as being the best podcast listener in the business.
1: That's right. So whenever you're describing yourself in any way, you can always, always say the award winning before your yeah, name.
0: Put it on your resume.
1: That's right. I mean, don't don't hesitate to put it on the very top. Yeah. Where it just says your name. Like yeah. the award winning Stan
0: Rawlings. Yeah. It's, and uh, I think it's like a good policy to do your uh, resume and crayon to stand out. Right. And if like if you're doing like a restaurant job, like ask for like, like, do you have crayons? Like, do you give out with your kids' menus? And then like write it out on the back of a kid's menu and hand it to them. <laughs> and they'll be like, wow, this is unique and stands out.
1: Exactly. That's how you get jobs at restaurants, guys.
0: Or, or anywhere. Yeah. But I mean, the thing about a restaurant is they probably have crayons on hand, That's you know, food. for the kids' menus, so you, you could just ask for them.
1: Yeah, it's hard to carry crayons around in Phoenix in they the summertime, melt. right? But I did leave a half of a Snickers peanut butter in my backpack for like three days, and it's been cool enough here not to melt it. Yeah. So i like to report I ate that for breakfast today.
0: Ooh, breakfast of champions.
1: Yep, Snickers peanut butter. Yeah. It mostly satisfies, I would (laughs) say. Uh, I still wanted some more breakfast, but to be fair, it was only a half. Yeah, you you
0: followed it up with some peanut butter puff cereal. Yeah, that's true. uh, Before that Reese's peanut butter puff cereal was invented, I mean, this is how, how old... That I am that I remember when there was no Reese's peanut butter puff cereal. Yeah. But there was Cocoa Puffs and there was Captain Crunch uh, peanut butter. Yeah. And I would mix a little bit of each of those because I mean, no I like the peanut butter chocolate combo. Wow. I mean, I didn't like have the opportunity <clears throat> to do that often, but I remember a couple times in life we had both those things and I was like, oh, this is happening.
1: That reminds me of our, our old uh, beloved sponsor.
0: You know what I'm talking about? Cereal mix it! Cereal mix it! That's yeah. right. They're not giving us any money, though. But They're it goes great with obscure milks. Indeed. Also not paying us. Right. This time. Well. But maybe next time.
1: Maybe next time. I think that we're the only people touting their greatness. So uh, they'll be back. Yeah. They'll be back for us. There's no doubt. All right, well, we should let you in on uh, on how we've been doing lately. Uh, it's been a little while since our last podcast, and we will tell you why. It is because, ladies and gentlemen, we, as a unit, a team of adventurers, we finally were able to secure our own apartment.
0: Yeah, it was sweet. We signed the papers. We had marble countertops. That's uh, right. Wood floors and the carpet. <clears throat> we had... Three bedrooms we had, like, we each had our own bedroom, and then, like, a third bedroom for, like, activities. Right, there's an
1: Slash. island in the kitchen. That was one of my big, yeah big uh, pluses. And, uh... Yeah, and first the,
0: thing we did is make giant pancakes, just like an Uncle Buck, like, that were so big that you yes. have to flip it with a snow shovel. And, like, it was fun making them, but also, like, we were so happy to have our own space. Yeah. enough room that, like, you would flip it from the pan, but then, like... Brandon would be sitting at the table all sitting down with his knife and his fork and his hand and an empty plate, and I would just, like, throw it. But the pancake was so good, big, it would land on the table, but, like, then also over his head, too. <laughs> it was just draped over him, and he'd have to eat his way out and then, like... It was incredible. Enjoy the rest yeah. with a knife and fork.
1: Yeah, we really celebrated, guys. That was... Uh... And I mean, I, I was tearing through that pancake for... Yeah, we were living like adults, because we,
0: we had to uh, get out of the Chuck E. Cheese, because they reopened. Right, We were living exactly. in the abandoned Chuck E. Cheese with our Sweet NBA Jam game. Yep. But we had to get the heck out of there, so we are just like, you know what, let's do this, and we signed the, the papers, under fake names, of course, under right. one of our aliases. It was uh, our Pennsylvania wrestling names, but... But we kind of had to burn those, those identities because... Right, exactly. Everything was going great. And then one day, we were coming back from one of our adventures. And we see... We're on the first floor, and we're walking up, and we see our neighbor's baby from the third floor on the railing, precariously, like looking like it's about to slip. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so the baby... You're not going to believe this shit. The baby slips... Out of the grasp of whomever is holding the baby. And Ryan and I simultaneously reach out with our hands and grab the baby from midair and pull her into our bosom yeah, to safety.
0: You saved the baby.
1: That's right, the baby was saved
0: by us. Like as gently as possible, too.
1: And so we really feel like we did a great job. Now,
0: and the secret to catching a baby like that is got to go down with the baby. You know, you can't just like right. it jostle on your arms. You have to, like, you know, catch it. So, I mean, we do, we've do. we done a lot of drills with, like, watermelons in the past, like, just for, like, an occasion like this. Exactly. So, I mean, it just happened to happen with the right dude standing at the bottom of the floor. But then there was a huge yeah. misunderstanding.
1: Yeah, it really was fucked up. So, they came down to get the baby, Right. And they walk in, and we're just there. The baby's in the other room. And uh, and they're like, what did you do with our baby? And we said, we put it to sleep, you know, because uh, it seemed like it was a little tired. It, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep calling it it. It's uh, he. Uh, Sebastian, I believe his name was. So <laughs> Sebastian uh, is asleep in the next room. And, and these people have the audacity to say that, because he was there and we didn't return him upstairs immediately that we had kidnapped him.
0: Yeah, and like really we were just concerned for these bad parents to drop their baby off of the balcony. And we had called uh, the fire department because we didn't know who to call. And uh, we right. just think that they're good guys over at the fire department and they might be able to help us out. And like, uh, so we are going to tell them. But then the people started like, you know screaming and yelling a lot and saying we stole their baby so we just kind of panicked and, and ran and we abandoned that that apartment abandoned and that those
1: identities everything it was lost in yeah it.
0: those marble countertops Mm-hmm.
1: And all our training uh it amounted to what it amounted to which was one saved life so it was worth it right
0: yeah yeah we wanted to save the baby but That's right. we got accused of stealing the baby so we 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 bailed out and we went to the next logical location um which are uh, the, the dinosaurs uh i don't know if you know what the dinosaurs are they the camazon dinosaurs the camazon dinosaurs uh if you we live in phoenix and if you drive away to to la just west of palm springs is where yeah find there's the dinosaurs, yeah. there's these big dinosaurs made out of i don't know what they're made out of metal but they're life-size and they're hollow and you can go and inside huge of them and, and they're awesome yeah actually set up shop inside the tyrannosaurus rex
1: that's right we're living in the head of the tyrannosaurus rex at the cabazon dinosaur world's biggest dinosaur exhibit and uh it's been great we really like it here it's great you know uh the acoustics in here are really great for when we want to make up songs and stuff yeah yeah hilarious that's, yeah that's where we're recording stuff. right now is right.
0: in, in the dinosaur and uh you know there's been some tourists going through uh probably not as much as normal right now probably a lot less uh foreign travelers coming through uh just because yeah. of the pandemic and everything that's going on but we've been trying to make the best of what has been coming through we set up a stand and we've been selling some uh dvds like some people have like accused us of them being like bootleg dvds right it's I, peewee's big adventure I don't
1: know. I don't know why we would be called bootlegs. No, it's not, because right? like
0: we would not like do Paul Rubin like that. No so we were way. selling... The movie was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and the tie to Pee-wee that movie. is in the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure, one of the sets is at these dinosaurs. I mean, in, that was filmed, like, what, 30-something years ago.
1: Right, many, many years ago, big but, part of our childhood.
0: But yeah, it's become, you know, part, part of the reason that place has become so iconic is because of that movie. So we're selling copies of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but... It's not like, first of all, we're going to pay Paul Rubin when we see him, or we'll send him some money eventually, like at least 75 cents of each copy. Right. But it's not just a straight Pee-wee's Big Adventure movie. Like, we added our own spin to it.
1: Exactly. So what we did was we went ahead and essentially we'll let you in the creative process. We turned Pee-wee's Big Adventure on on a TV, right? And then we got a video camera, and we pointed it at the TV, Yeah. And then, we narrated the movie together, but not just narrated.
0: We added commentary.
1: Director's style commentary. Now, we didn't direct it. We didn't have anything to do with it, but we are huge, huge fans. Yeah, we
0: do like it a lot.
1: Yeah, and so there's really no reason why somebody wouldn't want a couple of of guys like us to go through and, uh, and add our thoughts.
0: Yeah, and we're selling it at the, the location. Uh, it's one of the locations of the movie, and it all just kind of ties in perfectly. Exactly. And uh, like I said, uh, someday uh, when we get back on our feet, we were planning on sending Paul Rubin uh, 75 cents for each copy that we sold because we do, we you know cents. we're not going to do a commentary on the movie without him making that masterpiece first. You right,
1: know? agreed. No, no doubt.
0: So that's kind of what we've been up to, just life in the T Rex. <laughs> Yep, it's been pretty
1: great. Uh, we really love it, and we hope that we can stay here longer. Um, hopefully no one tells on us for yeah. the DVDs. but Yeah,
0: hopefully no babies fall on us here.
1: Yeah, for real, man. I
0: have misunderstandings.
1: Yeah, you described the way that they taught us in school pretty well. I always found it was hard to describe the way that you catch the baby. It has to be like a really delicate way. Because if you... You grab for it like a football. It will bounce off your fingers.
0: Yeah. No. There's real strategy. Baby's strategy. Really rubbery to it.
1: Yeah. Really. Really is. Anyway.
0: So and uh, also we've had a, t- a lot of time to to think and uh, reflect here, and uh, one of the things uh, we were thinking about is kind of become a new segment that it will probably be a reoccurring segment because we have lots of ideas for this. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, the new segment here we go is called casting, casting Keenan Thompson. Kenan Thompson. All right,
1: and this is uh, the first. In the movies, um, <clears throat> let me back up. So Keenan Thompson, obviously, he has been on SNL. He started there in 2003, yeah. so some 17 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so the thing about SNL people, uh, actors and, and stars and stuff, they usually are on the show for a few years, and then they go and they have pretty lucrative successful movie careers you know things yeah. like Eddie Murphy Mike Myers um, more recently Bill Hader
0: yeah Adam Sandler
1: exactly countless people i mean so many. so many
0: so many famous people in comedy have gone through saturday night live it's not the only avenue but it's been a major avenue and still continues to be it's always curious to see who's on there now like who's going to be huge you know probably a certain percentage of them and for certain people it takes longer than others but I mean right. even other people there are people who are SNL alumni who haven't blown up but are on the verge of blowing up you know right exactly but uh, a lot of them do their time but Keenan has like been on there 17 years and you know I, I it seems like he likes it there and he's just like made his niche in sketch comedy which is awesome like, we love it we're so glad that he's been there to do all the awesome things that he's done
1: yeah he dedicated his life to sketch yeah, and dude. he was it's pretty he great was,
0: been doing it since he was a kid as you probably know he was on that show all that in the 90s right it was like a kid's an attempt at a kid's sketch comedy show which is pretty funny i remember like when i was a kid me too and then um after that show ended him and the other breakout star from the show uh, made the show keenan and kell
1: keenan and kell that was him yeah
0: yeah and they made the movie good burger so he was in movies
1: a little bit right
0: uh but and then after that he was been on saturday night live he's been there for 17 years and so, I mean, he could have been there for three years and started making movies, and we're just uh, trying to cast him in some, uh, some movies that have happened that could have been him, you know, uh, if he wasn't dedicating his life to, to sketch comedy exactly
1: that right, he was. So right. we
0: wanted to, to cast him in some, things, some places we thought he would have been good, and we hope you agree, and if you have some other ideas, if you're screaming them out right now, you think of a movie you know would be great, and you could uh, hit us up on Twitter.
1: That's right. What's our Twitter handle?
0: Mail Radness.
1: Mail Radness. Look us up on Twitter. Hit us up there. Uh, tell us anything you like, but uh, most importantly, let us know what movie you think Kenan Thompson would have made a great addition to. Uh, the first one on, on our list uh, is Transformers. We figured we could recast him in Mark Wahlberg's, I almost called him Marky Mark, in <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's uh, role as, like, the lead guy, you know, and so...
0: Yeah, I mean, we are not that familiar with the Transformers franchise, but we're pretty sure Mark Wahlberg was in a lot of them, so we think if you let Keenan do that, then, like... Uh he just could build up some money, so he could ha- kind of be able to just do whatever the heck else he wants, because there's probably a lot of other, like, smaller films and, like, you know, comedy ideas that you can do once you're, you're financially set, and you don't have to, to worry about paying the bills anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we got him the Transformers, and then uh, after that, we thought it would be really good, and, like, uh, you know, they remade Mary Poppins a little while ago, and we thought it would have been cooler if it was starring... Keenan Thompson, but instead of Mary Poppins, like, that would be weird if his name was Mary Poppins, so we would change the name to Marv Pippins, and it would take place in America. It would be an American Marv Pippins. I really think he would, he would be great. So, yeah, I mean, just give yourself a couple seconds to imagine how great Keenan Thompson playing the role of Mary Poppins as Marv Pippins could be.
1: I mean, imagine him flying in on that umbrella. He would be yeah, hilarious.
0: Imagine what the heck he would pull out of his bag.
1: I know he would be incredible. I think that's one of, that's definitely one of my favorites uh, recasting uh, yeah
0: vibes. yeah it would just be great.
1: All right next up we figured he would be great uh, in the role that Richard Dreyfus has in Jaws. so uh, you know pretty straightforward swap there yeah uh, just sort of maybe lending a little bit more comedy appeal.
0: Yeah, same lines, same character, right. but yeah, just Keenan's in there. Exactly, I think it works great. All right, uh, we got ooh, uh, Bad Boys.
1: Ooh, the Bad Boys franchise, right? Yeah.
0: Now it's uh, going to be playing Will Smith or Martin Lawrence. Are you asking me Yeah. if I know? Because oh, I know you know the answer. Yeah.
1: I do know the answer. Am I supposed yeah. to say it? Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe you wanted me to say like the wrong answer so you come <laughs> whatever back you, the, Whatever oh. you Was it Martin Lawrence?
0: Well, I mean that answer is right, but it's also not wrong. I see. No, but he should play both um, roles. Keenan Thompson in both roles. Right. Bad boys, Uh, and the characters are twins now, and Keenan Thompson plays both twins. Uh, One of them has slick slick back hair, because that's just like what you do if there's like. One actor playing two twins in a movie to differentiate them. Usually, they have like very different hair. Like they a lot of times, we'll just like slicked back. You know, like
1: Van Damme did that. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. If
0: Van Damme does it, you know, it's dope. So yeah, Bad Boys starring Keenan Thompson and Keenan Thompson. I just think he would have a great dynamic with himself, a great comedy dynamic.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Hilarious.
0: Yeah, I think that would
1: be. Wonderful, and I always like I always like stuff with twins in it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make like a joke about ladies or something. That's not what I mean. I just mean twins in general, like
0: the movie twins, which I heard is getting a sequel. Called triplets. Yeah, I heard about it a while ago. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was going to be Supposed the triplet. To be the other guy. Yeah, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Stallone, and Eddie Murphy. So I mean, they're I like all the in idea. it with
1: him. No, you you don't mean Sly. You mean Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arn-
0: well, yeah, what did I say? Sylvester Stallone, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, all right
1: Sylvester Stallone's
0: Unspoken. in it. Eh, no, Danny DeVito. Oh. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> <but> I'm seeing <laughs> him in my head, but I'm saying Sylvester Stallone. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. are in the movie Twins. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then they're gonna make a movie called Triplets okay. with Eddie Murphy. But I heard this a couple years ago, and uh, I haven't seen anything. I heard about a long time it. ago too. And uh, I know they're making a new Coming to America as well.
1: I think it's all done. I don't know what they're doing with it. Well, a lot of movies
0: are in limbo right now.
1: I know. I heard, I just read that they're doing a Godfather 3 redo. So he he put a new beginning and a new ending on it. And it's called Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. And it's coming out in the theaters. This is real? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's coming out in theaters on December 4th. I don't know what theaters or anything, so and I doubt I, I doubt never, I want to go to the movies at wow, all. What a crazy but,
0: idea! I've not heard that at all, but I mean, obviously, Godfather Three yeah. is the most like panned of the yeah. movies, and that is a crazy move to come back, however many years later, and mean like, dude, "Oh, I'm sorry, gonna,
1: guys, I'm gonna fix it." <laughs> it's because he knows how shitty it was, and uh. he didn't want to leave it at that. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool you can come back and do it. It's Francis Ford Coppola who directed all three of the Godfather movies. Yeah, and
0: I mean, the third movie was still like a fun, like watchable story. It just wasn't good compared to the first two. I just
1: hope he just takes out the cousin storyline. You could just lose it. Lose the cousin love storyline. That was the worst part (laughs) of it. I don't want to. I mean, Game of Thrones did that shit too, but that one was just creepy and unnecessary. It didn't go in the story. Yeah, and
0: Star Wars also. Probably Transformers. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. I guess we don't know. Because <laughs> huh. we haven't seen them. But uh, oh yeah, so we got back to Keenan Thompson. Right, back to Keenan Thompson. Back to
1: 1985. 1985. That's where the number one time travel movie occurred. Came out in theaters in 1985. Back to the Future, ladies and gentlemen. What if Keenan Thompson played Marty McFly? What? That's right. Now he would he would be hilarious. I love Michael J. Fox, obviously, in Back to the Future. How could you not? He's amazing. But Keenan Thompson yeah. in Back to the Future would be such a treat. Yeah, we already knew he hilarious. was a great
0: actor, like you know, a young actor.
1: Right. But
0: he could have done it.
1: He could have definitely done it and he could have done it with Class and
0: hilarity. Yeah, it would have been a good one.
1: Yeah, man, for
0: sure. So, I don't know, pretty all solid ideas, I think.
1: Yeah, agreed. Well, it's we in should... In the realm of possibility. We should definitely tell everybody about what he's up to currently.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, He's still doing SNL, which is awesome. I hope he stays on there for seventeen more years. Right. Yeah. Hope he replaces Lauren Michaels. That guy, you know, <laughs> eventually that that could be a real idea. I didn't think of that till right now. Yeah. Someday. Someday, going to have to do yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it could be Keenan. Yeah, I you never see know, that.
1: man. The new Lauren.
0: Yeah, in the in ten, fifteen years, like uh, I like everything that he's done, by yeah. Lauren. But I mean, so someone will have to succeed him someday. And I've always wondered what that show's never existed without Lorne Michaels so what would it be without him but who the heck could know what goes on better there than Kenan Thompson yeah but uh, so we have what's going on with him now uh, I don't know if you've seen the news uh, I don't know if it's recent news it was a while ago but uh, Papa John from Papa John's Pizza was uh, disgraced and removed from the company and uh, he's not the Papa John anymore
1: he made some racial comments Right.
0: I th- I think so. I, yeah, don't, I don't remember the details.
1: Definitely he did, but I don't know any more than that.
0: Yeah, but he got out of there. He's not Papa John anymore. Now he's just John. Right. You see him? He's like, hey, what's up, John? Right, go,
1: don't call him Papa.
0: Go home, you're drunk. Right. <laughs> that's a meme. There's a meme of him all drunk at a football game It says... Really? Yeah, it says, go home, Papa John, you're drunk. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, you know, Papa John's has really been struggling without having, like, their mascot and having a disgrace mascot, and you know you got to have a little bit of time with nothing, just to clear the air. But uh, Keenan Thompson is the new Papa John. That's right. Yeah, but his name's Papa. He's now it's Papa Johnson's, and he is Papa Johnson. That's
1: right. Papa Johnson's
0: pizza. It's a new chapter, but yeah, I mean, so their pizza was not that great before, but I mean, hopefully with Keenan at the helm, I think that they might get a little bit better. I'm going to give it a try. I hope so too. Uh, mean, too the tomato sauce
1: is too sweet. Just to support him, yeah. So hopefully he comes and fixes that.
0: Yeah. Well, hit up Keenan on Twitter and tell him that uh, the sauce is too sweet on Papa John's pizza.
1: Yeah, let him know because he's you, gonna. need He's the to only know. one that
0: can fix it now.
1: Yeah, he's gonna need to know these things going into the
0: office. Yeah. So. Or, yeah. Keenan, we love you. We respect you. We appreciate everything you've done.
1: Yeah, one love, man. Keep on trucking. Uh, sorry, best I said
0: of, that. Best of luck with more SNL, taking over SNL and uh, yeah. and the, the Papa Johnson's gig.
1: It'll be great, man. We'll, we'll be watching for sure.
0: Well, I think it's time for us to uh, take a break, but yep. we will be back very shortly with more segments. See you in a moment. Enhanced
1: athletics. It is better than before And we are back. Hello and now for another segment. So this is a this is a sort of a, a newly named piece that we've done before. We have had this um, this particular, uh, topic covered in several other episodes. Now, the idea that we have uh, is to essentially add new rules, new life, and inspiration to,
0: yeah. to sports. Yeah, I mean, sports are, are great. We love them. But, you know, a lot of things are done because of tradition and a lot of sports are are antiquated and can uh, be made way 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 more exciting and I think uh, we're just missing a lot of opportunities like as a civilization with our you know tests of athletic feats you know we have these games but we just do it the way we do it and have these roles because it's the way we always did it and we want to you know stick within those parameters we're not trying to invent a new game but we're just trying to we want to make the games that exist out there already better and make them more exciting. And this one today, like, uh, right. at first we were, you know, not sure if it was a great idea, but as we got into it, it was the best idea. This sport needs probably the most updating. It's golf.
1: Right. Now, golf is something that appeals to older people who like a slower game. Yeah. But, you know, that's not a very large demographic to be honest with you, and I don't know, like, I don't think when I get old I'm going to like golf, and I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same as me. I, I mean,
0: yeah, and I don't a,
1: hate golf, but I don't actively watch it.
0: And spectating golf on TV, I mean, is a great way to, like, fall asleep if you need to fall asleep, you know, just, right. like, put that on and the, the lack of of action, you know, will get you to sleep in no time. Right. So, like, when I hear a podcaster to talk about golf, like, I hope you're still awake right now. Like, wake up! Wake up!
1: Yeah, please, guys. Please don't. This isn't
0: your grandfather's golf anymore. That's right. Because we, and with your help, are going to rally the PGA to change some rules and make things more exciting, and we're going to shake things up, and I think that so many more fans are going to come into the game if you do the things that we were talking about. And, I mean, the first one uh, is the biggest, most exciting shakeup, and it's uh, head-to-head holes. So, (laughs) traditionally, in golf, you know, uh, people go one at a time, and uh, it's very orderly, and most of the game's still going to go like that. Mm -hmm. But we have uh, updates uh, on uh, holes 6, 12, and 18.
1: Right, every three holes, essentially. Yeah. Except for the third one. Yeah, so how's this going to work? Okay, so head-to-head holes is uh, a way uh, for both golfers to to swing and advance the ball, not not separately, simultaneously on the same fairway
0: yeah and there's a starting gun uh, we're gonna take uh so we'll add a little more excitement too it's like kind of what's exciting about like uh, a running race i mean that's something that could be updated too but you know what's the most exciting part of it the crack of the starting pistol you know absolutely so we're gonna do this on hole 6 12 and 18 for the head-to-heads uh two golfers or i mean we could even do this with you know four golfers three or four uh yeah you can see how how the league reacts but starting at the same time of the starting pistol, and from there it's a as a game of speed, you know.
1: Right. Well, speaking of, of doing four or five different players at, at the, on the same fairway. Yeah. Uh, in 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 uh, Australia, they have a league, which is sort of like a, the XFL uh, would be to the NFL. Yeah. And it's the same sort of. Um, sort of golf league as this except they tackle each other yeah
0: and it's every hole's head-to-head and it's tackle golf right exactly i mean that's pretty exciting but that is just like it's chaos it's crazy
1: that's for some rough riding. yeah
0: yeah we gotta i mean it's fun to play for a game but professionally in america i mean it's just like careers are going to be over so fast right if we're doing tackle golf
1: Right, exactly, and it's and hard. It's hard to have a really good golf swing when your biceps are huge too. Yeah, a lot I of the think. rugby
0: guys, yeah, are into the tackle golf now. Right. They retired or quit rugby and they're trying to to make their money in tackle golf.
1: Tackle golf.
0: Yeah. So uh, the benefits. So you're going off at the same time, uh, teeing off at the same time, but mm-hmm. you know, you're counting your strokes as well, and the officials are counting your strokes. Also, the officials are ref or umpires. Because we all know that they're the only uncorruptible uh, sports officials that, you know, the rest of sports uh, referees and judges have been tainted uh, and can't be trusted. So we uh, believe in only uh, umpires, which originally started in baseball. But, you know, they're going to be instituted in all sports if we have anything to say about it soon enough. So golf's going to have umpires and they're going to be counting the strokes. The first one to get their ball in the hole gets negative two strokes. So it's all gonna be a strategy of like how fast you wanna go and measure. Like it might be worth it to, to do two quick ones if you can get in first. But if you don't get in first, you don't get those two strokes off. But the other benefit is if you're the first one in, you get to go to your competitor's golf bag and you get to choose any club out of there to take out that they can't use the rest of the game.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Any club, so I could take the putter if I wanted?
0: Exactly. I mean, there's different strategies. Oh. I mean, if you know that their favorite is a nine iron, because you golfed with them a lot of other times, or they're a professional, and you watch their YouTubes, like, you can pull that club. Or a putter is probably going to be pretty popular. Yeah, you would guess. Yeah, you got to putt with something else. But people might start carrying two putters, you know. You can only have a certain amount of clubs. Right. So you might uh, get a backup.
1: Right, yeah, you maybe replaced the old sand wedge.
0: Yeah, so Who knows? That, so that's the head-to-head.
1: Yeah, head-to-head, that was a great one. Uh, let's see.
0: Oh, and those are for holes 6 and 12. That's when you get to take their club, because we were doing the head-to-heads on right. hole 6, 12, and 18. And then if you get the, win the head-to-head, you get to take a club out of there. Well, the 18th hole, that wouldn't make much sense. You know, and actually the 18th hole is kind of a grand finale, and uh, it's actually not going to be called the 18th hole anymore. You're going to have holes 1 through 17, and hole 18 is going to be called the Great Debacle.
1: That's right, the Great Debacle, everybody. And this is going to make the ending of a golf game so extraordinarily exciting. You won't believe it. It'll knock your socks off. Listen, Listen to this.
0: So, the Great Debacle... The 18th great hole.
1: Debacle. That's right, folks. The great debacle is something that's been a cherished and uh and wonderful uh ceremonious even situation that we've encountered. Now we've d- of course had these rules practiced and such so we know that they work.
0: Oh yeah, we're not just making this stuff up no, on paper and not, not testing them out. Yeah, field exactly. testing, you know.
1: Yeah, field testing is important. It's like yeah, it's like anything else. You can't you can't figure it out. You can't eat the yogurt uh, if the the microbes don't make it into yogurt.
0: Exactly. Right. So. So the Great Debacle, the first one in the hole. We know the other holes. You can take the other person's club. Um, right. The, the Great Debacle. If you get your ball in first, you instantly turn around and you are allowed to touch the other player's ball. Like you are allowed to stop them from hitting it in. If you can get a good whack, you can freaking hit, hit it to the other side of the course if you want, you know. And they might That's just right. end up getting the max strokes. But or, or if they're good, you know, they see you get it in. Like I mean, really, if you want to win, win the great debacle, like get your ball in first so you can go after your competitor's ball.
1: Yeah, go- playing defense on golf. Definitely a new thing. Yeah. You'll definitely have you know to work on some stamina sort of uh, procedures uh, when you're working out. But, but I'm telling you, though, yeah, this sounds phenomenal.
0: Yeah, these head-to-head holes are going to get your adrenaline going. If it isn't already, <laughs> then I, I suggest you do some jumping jacks. Jumping jacks,
1: always the most potent and revelatory exercise one can do
0: yeah and just think about yourself how you deal with the great debacle on offense what would you do like once you got your ball and you would turn around like a fierce beast ready to go after your competitors balls and not get it in there you know you're like a goalie all of a sudden
1: yeah and the other guy yeah imagine if you're on
0: defense and you see that go in and you just feel it sink in your chest you're about to win this golf game but now you got to you got to Deal with the debacle, you know?
1: Yep, it's gonna be horrifying.
0: Alright, and uh, so the third uh, big change that we have for the game of golf to make everything a lot more fun for everyone, a lot more exciting, keep this game going for generations. That's right, is the satchel. And uh, you might have heard in our enhanced sports segments before uh, that, you know, we are big fans of the satchel for other sports as well. And right. uh, basically, a satchel is like a little pocket where you can hold some, some stuff. And there's three items that you can use once throughout the match. You can use each item once.
1: Right. Now, the first item is a... Uh, now, keep in mind, that this is regulated by the PGA. So this is, you know, this is safe meat. But the first, uh, the first available weapon, if you will, inside of your satchel is a meatball. And, Ryan, the way that you use the meatball during the, the golf game is that you are able to throw it at either your ball to advance the ball, uh, presumably. Yeah. Or you can throw it at your opponent's ball to maybe launch it yeah. into, the, into the shady grove it, where there's a, a lot of roughage. yeah. Into the rough. Yeah, if you so you way. have
0: to use that strategy. And uh, right. do you have to be, uh, can you throw it from anywhere? Do you have to be a certain distance? You have from, to be from...
1: six feet away.
0: Oh, from the ball you're trying to and hit.
1: That's that's the yeah. maximum amount of distance you can get in close. Yeah. Now, I have seen. And that'll
0: be measured by the umpires, right?
1: Exactly. And I've, I've heard that people would prefer to do it from a further distance away. I know that there are a lot of analytics Yeah. that will be done once yeah. this league gets certified. I, I, I couldn't tell
0: you for sure. And there's going to be uh, strategies, you know, underhand, right. overhand, uh, side pitchers. I bet you there's going to be, like, some softball pitchers that are going to get into the game exactly. just because of the meatball, you know?
1: Maybe quarterbacks with like, knees that just don't don't quite have it anymore.
0: Yeah, they're going to have the edge. Yeah, you're right. All, All right.
1: right, so the second thing?
0: Yeah, the second thing is a, is a sausage.
1: That's right, a delicious sausage, I'm sure, but it's not for eating, folks. It is for golfing.
0: Yes, this is an official uh, PGA regulation sausage that uh, will be supplied and tested by the umpires. And the sausage are uh, used on tee-off, right?
1: Right, exactly, yeah. So you would go ahead and begin with the the game uh, on the tee, and you would take a swing now if your swing uh produces a smushed broken up sausage then what happens
0: so if the sausage is broken it's one stroke so you just use a stroke and you got to start over from the same place that you're starting with with a golf ball right but the advantage of the sausage that you can strategically use if if the sausage is unbroken and you know you might use a specific club maybe someone took your special sausage club because they knew that's the one you used to hit sausage early in the game you know mm-hmm. but if the sausage is unbroken it's no stroke it's like it never happened but you get to tee off from wherever this unbroken sausage lies.
1: oh i see so you okay. just get a little
0: bit of a head start and advantage and you can use that strategically once in the game
1: so if the sausage remains unbroken then
0: no stroke no stroke wow and you get to play it from where the sausage you get to play
1: it where the sausage lies yeah so I mean who knows how far someone could hit a sausage if it didn't break yeah I mean, it it's like go. a normal Wait. person it's
0: like I would imagine it would be like a little advantage it doesn't sound like much but in the hands of professionals like this is a game changer
1: yeah I, I'm sure anyone who plays golf or enjoys the sport would completely agree yeah uh, imagine what Arnold category. Palmer
0: we could do with, with, the, with the sausage and the satchel.
1: Yeah, he would definitely have. He would have an edge. Yeah. I mean, he really would. I mean, I'm sure he ate a lot of uh, sausages to go with his um, famous beverage.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. Right. I still like it.
1: Yeah, it's just not bad. Iced tea and lemonade. Right. It's nice. I, I
0: like it. So uh, up to the so that's the sausage and the third thing in the satchel. uh right? I don't know. We've done this enhanced sports. The a few thing uh, enhanced athletics a few times. Uh, Listener, award-winning listener, can you guess what the third thing in the satchel is? That's right.
1: We've had in our other satchels. This item is very important to
0: all sports. It seems. It is. Dun dun dun. The the egg! egg. The almighty egg.
1: That's right. The incredible edible egg. And the egg. Now, the egg doesn't come into play. Nobody hits it off a tee. Nobody throws it at anyone. The deal is this. The egg remains in the satchel the entire game. And your opponent has to try in a a conniving, crafty way, somehow, of getting to the egg from the outside and breaking your egg.
0: Yeah, the name of the game is Protect the Damn Egg. That's right. Now
1: Ryan how many how many strokes do you do you get minus or plus as far as that will go so, like let's say you crush an egg uh, you crush my egg yeah. right
0: say i crush john daly's egg okay he would get a five-stroke penalty. So in golf, you want to have the least amount of strokes. These professionals, usually scoring zero or in the negative amount
1: right. of strokes. Okay. So
0: sure. a five-stroke penalty could be a huge game-changer. Like you could be about to sink the winning putt in the debacle. And like while you're going head-to-head head and caught up all in that, someone breaks your egg and then you are just went up five strokes. Damn. And the game has changed. And then there's going to be times where like the egg is like chipped but not broken, you know. And the umpires are going to have to determine that like there's a little membrane, there's nothing leaking out, mm-hmm. and then, like the egg is unbroken, you know. And that's going to change the game. And people are going to have T-shirts like from when that changed the championship, like the egg was unbroken. <laughs> you know, standing on the sidelines. Yeah. And uh, so the egg is definitely going to be another game changer. Like protect the egg. Yeah,
1: protect the egg, and that's. That's a huge, huge part of this game. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely an addition. It's definitely something that you're going to have to look out for in a different manner. I don't know where the caddies would come in on this one. I'm not sure. But uh, all yeah, I do know is. Yeah, they, they'll
0: be even more like a squire, you know? Exactly. Uh, because I don't think they're allowed to, like, going to be able to stop people in head to head or from breaking right. the egg. But they're going to be, like, whispering in your ear, like, You know, they might have like a bird call for he's coming behind your left shoulder or something
1: (laughs) to break the egg.
0: That's right. Well, that was the golf
1: uh, satchel for you, everybody. Uh, It's definitely one of our favorite uh, parts of all the sports that we've enhanced with with this sketch, again, titled Enhanced Athletics.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, the name of the game is to change the game. That's right yeah that's right.
1: We want to make it more exciting for you. That's all we're trying to do. We don't want to insult anybody, offend anybody. yeah, make anybody feel like we're trying to take over. We're just suggesting new rules and that's that's our that's the name of our game.
0: yeah, we just uh, we're updating it because we love it and we want it to stick around and uh, we live in a new world and we're you know always going into to the future. And so that's right keep rolling with it so how to protect your protect the egg don't break the sausage practice pitching your meatballs that's right And uh, yeah there's a very specific reason why i didn't get to on the meatball of why it has to be 55 degrees fahrenheit that's and, true and the umpire is going to check is because if the meatball is too hard if it's frozen like that's going to make a big difference it's going to in the game and it's going to professional can do a lot of damage with a frozen meatball, so it just needs to be 55 degrees. And if it's, like, too uh, warm, it'll be too loose and break apart too easily, you know? Mm -hmm. That's going to be a disadvantage for the thrower.
1: Right, but how does it stay cold on the field?
0: Oh, well, I mean, they've already working on the technology. Like, since we had this idea, you know, we've Mm -hmm. uh, got people working on it. The PGA has people working on it and uh, are going to have... And I mean, they're actually excited, you know, at the idea of, of having more angles to sell merchandise from because people are going to well, have to yeah. buy cooled satchels or like, right? you know, cooled sections or of your golf bag satchels, yeah, to keep extra yeah. sausages and meatballs That's at the correct temperature. And so it's just a whole nother, going to create another industry. It's going to create jobs. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, I can't imagine how much more money golf is going to generate with TV viewership with, with these new rules, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll become the darling of the media industry. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more head-to-head action, um, as evidence, of course. Like we like we covered our head-to-head holes. Uh, you know, I'm just I can't wait to see this all in action, and I can't wait for you guys all to uh, to start coming to these games and seeing. I mean, I uh, it's not a game. I guess it's a a, a round. What do you call it?
0: Yeah, around a round go, of
1: golf. Go to the sticks. Sit around a round of golf. Around a round of golf. Okay.
0: All right, then. Flipping the sticks in the back nine. Right, flipping the sticks. All right. Well, yeah, we're we're moving on to the next thing. Best of luck when you're faced with the great debacle.
1: Yeah, please watch out, guys. Take your time. Do
0: it well. What up, everybody? We're back again. We got another one for you. And uh, this one is called Fresh-Baked Conspiracies.
1: That's right. These are conspiracies that you, the listeners, while award-winning, may or may not have actually heard of before. And so it's our job to bring you the most cutting-edge news in
0: conspiracies. Because, yeah, I mean, the biggest problem with, with conspiracy theories right now is there's not enough of them.
1: That's right. Exactly. There's, you know, there's your standards, there's your, uh, you know, someone was there and helped Oswald kill Kennedy or, you know, um, you know, any of it, any of it, who killed Martin Luther King Jr.
0: Yeah, and then that's the way conspiracy theories work is, you know, some of them probably got to be true. There's no way that all of them are true. The chances of all of them going true go down if you're doing a bet. But, I mean, some of them are, and uh, some of them might be more likely than others, and that, you know, probably has to d- depend with people's different point of view or the information they have on a subject. But, so there's a lot of, like, well-known ones that, like what Brandon just mentioned, but we're going to talk about some other uh, less-known ones that we wanted to to make you aware of that are uh, more freshly baked than these same old, same old ones we've been hearing for a long time. The first one we got is... Uh, but we want to let you guys know about the world of, of octopus.
1: Yeah, that's right. You guys don't understand uh, anything about octopus. Uh, the octopus that we encounter here on, uh, on the, the surface, maybe, on the surface world or what we know of them, these octopus don't use very much of their brains. Uh, human beings are under the impression that they, we are the smartest beings on the planet and we're here to tell you, folks, with no great joy or pleasure, because it, who wants it to be true? Yeah. But these octopus are super human in terms of... Super puss. That's right. In terms of intellect.
0: Super opto. Yeah, they've been around a long time, and we don't know. They probably know more about us than we know about them. Right. Uh, but what we do know is that uh, they do have a, a ocean city in the center of the Earth that the earth it has been they hollowed it out who knows how long ago and it's uh, filled it with seawater and there's uh, a city that um i mean the best way that it's been explained to me is like that i probably wouldn't even have anything to compare it to but now they'd say like it's something like like wakanda but like times a hundred damn like uh, who knows of how long they've been down there a hundred thousand years a million years i mean they technologically they're way ahead of us, I mean, the uh, rumor has it, we don't know, but they're probably from the planet Nibiru, uh, where a lot of people know that the Anunnaki come from, the aliens, uh, Their planet comes by every few thousand years, and uh, the Nibiru live on the land, the octopus live in the water. And uh, they're hyper-intelligent, uh, and you might say, well, octopus aren't that smart, we observe them in the wild, we see them, we catch them, uh, we unfortunately, we, we eat them sometimes uh, and you know what uh, those are the dumb ones they don't care they're to the point in the revolution where they kind of send the weak ones out they don't even let them in the city they kind of leave them out like you've never seen a, one of these intelligent octopuses uh, unless they want you to see them
1: yeah not in their true form anyway you could have seen them uh in a different way though and that different way is inside of a extraordinarily lifelike human exoskeleton.
0: Yeah, they developed these a long time ago. We don't know when, but they're indistinguishable from people, uh, uh, except for a couple differences that they're, you're not going to know about unless they let you know. Uh, so the octopus, they get inside uh, like a human. It's like a human exoskeleton body. They get in and they use uh, two arms to control each leg because the legs are a little thicker and take a little more strength and then they put uh, one, ar- one octopus tentacle in each arm. And then the other two, uh, they used to control the ears. And this is uh, something that uh, you're probably not going to hear anywhere else but on this podcast is that uh, octopuses, like one of their big secrets, the octo people, is that they can wiggle their ears. And that's how they kind of communicate and show each other that that's another octo person because another regular human being is not going to be able to do this.
1: Right, I mean you and you guys remember maybe the kids in school back in the day who could wiggle their ears.
0: That was an octo person.
1: That was an octo person. That's terrible. I mean, yeah, not, not terrible. Are, it's just it's just different.
0: It's yeah. just surprising. Kids are a little more. Yeah, they show off more and do things they aren't supposed to do. And I know you probably think you've seen it on movies or TV, and you probably did. And that was kind of before the uh, the octo people had such a tight hold on everything, and there was some some evidence of it seeking sleeping through but now mm-hmm. it's all been wiped like you can't find a youtube video or a movie if there's like specific movies like i can't even think of the movies because i can't find them to do research but if i could like if i knew if it was this movie like they would like they've destroyed all those dvds and VHSs. Mm-hmm. they go around to all the thrift stores you know and they'll be like like i can't think of a movie because they don't want me to know but like say in jerry Maguire, he wiggled his ears and be like, look, you need to check out Jerry Maguire. He wiggled his ears. Well, guess what? They destroyed every copy. <laughs> well... I and wiped mean, it from I the internet, think, too.
1: I think everybody's seen Jerry Maguire enough times.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't wiggle his ears in that movie. I was just using it as an example of like... If there was a movie where someone wiggled their ears right. or a no, TV no, show, it. it's just... wiped from, from the planet because they're trying to protect themselves.
1: Right. But Jerry Maguire, though.
0: Yeah. Show me the
1: money. Right. I'm glad that movie isn't popular anymore. Yeah.
0: Um, That kid seemed like he might be an octoperson. Maybe he was the one who wiggled his ears.
1: Yeah, that's true. Remember he was talking about how the human head weighs eight pounds? Maybe he was saying that because he's not human.
0: Yeah, so it's like he was observing from a different plane, you know?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Different aspect.
1: That's a good point, Ryan. I'm glad that we went over that, actually. <laughs> I'll keep my eye out for that kid. He's probably not a kid anymore, but I mean... Oh, he's
0: an octave adult Yeah, I mean, they change out the the bodies. Oh. Or maybe they grow. I mean, I don't know. They're very, very secretive, and I mean, we're just pulling out what, what we know. Right. But we know they wiggle their ears, and they have a city in the center of the earth. Oh, and also, they like... To eat a lot like they don't really they can taste but they don't have a normal stomach and if you've ever seen a competitive eater on YouTube or on TV in the hot dog eating contest every year mm-hmm. that is 97% an person.
1: joy chestnut yeah,
0: octo person for sure because you look at that stack of food that stack of hot dogs or whatever they're about to eat and then you look at the person next to it and you're like well how is that physically going to fit into that yeah. space in the answer is because it doesn't um right well not for a human but these uh for an octopus machine, yeah octobodies they're made to like process things down to like the smallest you know it's basically a puree you know but you can't do that with your teeth
1: right but the octopus can do that
0: yeah but they're not afraid to yeah to use their enhanced bodies to win awards and stuff yeah e- eating contests
1: i mean that's kind of great and they even go way. regional
0: you know they they have their names on um, wing bars all over you know they travel around and eat the most wings and get their names up and that's uh they get free t-shirts you know so you don't have to pay for clothes as much
1: yeah i mean the...
0: it's all part of octo culture
1: yeah yeah there's there's a lot to it guys and you guys got yeah. you guys are gonna keep your eyes and ears peeled um these aren't like lizard people lizard people are a lot a lot more yeah. A lot more laid back, a lot more relaxed. They're not here to fuck with you. Yeah,
0: a lot more celebrities are lizard people. And uh, and they're completely different. Like, the octopus are from the planet Nibiru, which is in our solar system, and the lizard people are from uh, another solar system and have traveled here. So they're just, like, different aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, both probably pretty well established, though, as a right. matter of fact.
1: And they're aware of each other, and there have been times where there were trouble um if you'll recall ryan the uh, the great war of 1896
0: oh yeah the the
1: opto reptile war yep exactly and that was a rough one now we don't know about it or read about it because at the time obviously unless you were at an event with prior knowledge you're not just going to get a picture of it yeah it's mostly been erased yeah exactly so that stuff it just as considered old wives' tales and stuff like that, but it's not, Ryan. The, in the desert, um, the lizard people lost about 70 to 80 people. Wow. That's right. And, I mean, it wasn't a big war when you compare it to maybe uh, wars on on human wars, but still, I mean, there there was losses on both sides. Yeah,
0: a lot of lizards.
1: And these guys, I mean, yeah, it's not... I mean, how many of them are there, really? I We don't know. I mean, they, they could have only a few yeah. of each.
0: Yeah.
1: The octopus probably have a lot more people here than the lizard people because the octopus...
0: Oh, they do. They're really well established. I mean, I've heard yeah. they have, they have a city of, like, sense. millions. Most of them just chill in the city in the center of the earth and run things from there. Hmm. But, okay. I mean, uh, that's about all we have for that. I mean, if you know anything more, like, if you see anything, if you, notice, if you see anyone's ears wiggle, like, please let us know. And, uh, I mean, we're not enemies of the, of the Octo people in any way, or of the intelligent octopuses. Like, we've been living in harmony for a long time and not even knowing it, and that is their choice. And, hey, you guys are pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I wish I could eat that much. Well? Like, don't you wish you could just, like, go to Taco Bell and get one of everything and actually be able to eat it? It's like, once in a while?
1: I think it would be really great, actually, yeah. I think it would be great to go on a date and have a chicken nugget eating contest.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a great first date activity. Yeah,
1: Dude, could you imagine how fun it
0: would be? Yeah, because chicken nuggets are cheaper than ever because of the, you know. Yeah, Not absolutely. You to bring up more yeah, wars, yeah. but the chicken nugget wars of the fast food restaurants, they just keep making cheaper nuggets, you know.
1: Burger King has, a, what is it, a dollar for eight?
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're just mixing in more sawdust into the, the chicken puree mix <laughs> so they can pump them out for cheaper or what, but yeah, I don't they know. are dirt cheap. Yep. Another conspiracy theory, I guess. We haven't looked into that or researched that, but let's just... Uh... Let's
1: check it out, man.
0: Yeah, but we do have another one for you, and uh, this is uh, the Pepperoni Conspiracy.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, this conspiracy comes from a long, long time ago, uh, around, the, around what, 1952, I believe? Yeah,
0: 1952 it was the year that uh, changed Pepperoni forever.
1: Right, so 1952, we're talking about Harry Truman's administration. Now, Harry Truman's uh, attorney general, now, he had a peculiar name. Ryan?
0: His name is uh, Dr. Ronnie James Pizza.
1: Ronnie James Pizza, everybody. He had to
0: deal with uh, the pepperoni poisoning of 1952, and there was just like a bunch of pepperoni, like most of the world's pepperoni just like uh, had been tainted and the most people don't know this, but pepperoni used to be in like a lot more things. Like, I don't know if you ever noticed, but you see pepperoni on pizza, but you don't really see it on anything else. And you might just think maybe pepperoni is just, you know, the best on pizza and sucks on everything else. And that's why. But if you think of, I mean, think about it in your heart, that doesn't feel right. You know, like pepperoni could be good in other things. Just never see it. And it used to be, but everything changed uh, due to uh, President Truman's Surgeon General, dr ronnie james pizza Uh, there's a pepperoni tainted pepperoni problem we had a a fair amount of uh, pepperoni in government storage and but so we knew we had a certain limited amount of pepperoni to get us through the next couple years before they can get everything back on track back on the pepperoni train so we had to ration this pepperoni and decide how to use it and No one knew this back then. It seems kind of obvious now with his name, Dr. Ronnie James Pizza, that someone should have looked into it. But his family Mm -hmm. did own a medium to large size uh, pizza chain in the Midwest. And the decision came down to his shoulders, and he decided that pepperoni, uh, through government statute, could only be used on pizza for the next foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so this... This really set pepperoni back in terms of, of uh, a real substantial meat in like the lunch meat industry, really. So um, even being surpassed by gabagool, if you will.
0: Yeah, we had a certain amount. We had to ration it in some way, but it just so happened that this guy you know, had a reason to benefit. There's a reason why pepperoni was only used on pizza. And then that was a lot. Pepperoni could only be on pizza. The pepperoni crisis passed, and there was ample supply of pepperoni. But this law, you know, it was just an archaic law that was still around, and it was another generation of politicians by the time this happened. And uh, the pepperoni, you know, stayed only legal on pizza for, for a little while longer until eventually these laws were repealed. But by that time, it was too late. The damage had been done. People only ate pepperoni on pizza.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, and it's kind of sad, and it's... You know, it, it explains why no one ever asks about this. This I've never heard anybody ask this question before. Yeah,
0: I mean, people used to put pepperoni on apple pie, like American is apple pie, like American apple pie traditionally used to have pepperoni
1: that before sounds... the pepperoni
0: crisis of 1942 and Dr. Ronnie God, James that Pizza.
1: I'm so good with it, like the like the grease kind of dripping down into it. Yeah. Oh,
0: God, yeah, that sounds delectable. So, I mean, that's what happened. We're all dealing with the consequences
1: yeah, I miss pepperoni on other things, and when I can, I, I try to get pepperoni on a sandwich. Uh, that's, just, that's just my way of, uh, of saying thank you to Ronnie James Pizza.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, like, uh, I know they didn't have Hot Pockets in 1952, but what if there was a pepperoni pizza Hot Pocket, if that would be legal? I mean, I, it because, seems is like is it a pizza it is. or is it a pizza flavored hot pocket?
1: Don't they have don't they have pepperoni pizza flavored ones? They
0: do now because it's legal. All, pepperoni's legal oh, to be on anything now. Oh, you're right. Because we've gotten rid of those laws. But I, was, I, don't just, know. I pepperoni... was just thinking, you think they could have a pepperoni hot pocket in 1952 legally <sighs> under the uh, the Truman administration? God,
1: you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't. Uh. I got to make a decision here because, I mean, I, it's, we're, we're not here to just say I don't know the questions, but...
0: Uh, yeah, we need an answer. The people are waiting. What was the question again? Uh, do you think Hot Pockets would have been legal under the Truman administration under the Ronnie James pizza embargo? Because it's not technically pizza, it's a pizza-flavored Hot Pocket.
1: I think, hot, I think Hot Pockets would be legal. They're kind of like pizza.
0: No, I, Brownie James Pizza had an iron fist, and he would not have allowed it because his family's pizza chain didn't serve them. But I, that's just my opinion. What do you mean it's like, your it's opinion? A big, it's a big what if, because they didn't have Hot Pockets, so we'll never know if they would have been... Pizza Hot Pockets would have been could have legally contained pepperoni. They're
1: the same thing. They're just a shitty slice of pizza folded onto itself and bonded, right?
0: Yeah, but pizza's open-faced. Like you couldn't have a pepperoni calzone in nineteen fifty two. Why not? Because it could only legally go on pizza.
1: Wait, you didn't tell me the calzone was illegal. A Calzone's not pizza.
0: It's just the way that the, the laws were worded.
1: Calzone's pizza. Also,
0: uh Doctor Ronnie Dame's Pizza's family did not have a calzone on the menu and their biggest competitor did. You know. There's a reason why all of this works the way that it does, you know. Okay. Just follow the follow the money with the pepperoni
1: alright I, I okay <laughs> I'm following it
0: <laughs> alright uh, well I think that's about it for this segment
1: yeah that's it this has been a great episode it's been nice to have you guys
0: yeah thanks for sticking around with us we had a lot of fun talking about ridiculous ridiculous things
1: yeah that's right that's a, that's how we do We hope a good that
0: time. you took us not seriously at all Except for you did, and your whole life has changed.
1: Right, and definitely don't forget the new, the new golf rules, because that's, uh, if anything, we want to impart to you. We want to give you the opportunity to change the sports you love into the masterpieces
0: they deserve to be. All right, well, we love you guys. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, folks. So long. two-bar skeleton Theory. <laughs> <laughs>